Please remember, the information in our podcast could be a trigger for some people. And if you or someone you know has been affected by sexual abuse, the Dublin Rape Crisis Centre 24-hour helpline is 1-800-77-8888. Hello, I'm Joyce. I'm June. And I'm Paula. We're the Cabinet Sisters and we'd like to welcome you to our series of Countly and Podcasts where we continue to shine a light on childhood sexual abuse and its impacts. In today's podcast, we're going to be talking about the benefits and the value of reading and writing. Why is reading and writing so valuable? In relation to healing from childhood sexual abuse, reading and writing is, in my opinion, the most essential tools you'll ever have. Yeah, there's something special about reading and writing. And I suppose in particular, when you're writing something, you access your subconscious. The written word is something powerful. We resist it like you wouldn't believe. But isn't there an element of like reading and writing? I mean, yeah. how, 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 how good that could that be? Yeah. Like that's such a simple thing. If you have any hang-ups about your writing, your style of writing, your ability to spell, your ability to form a coherent sentence. I don't have that and I found the same thing. I think it's even deeper than that. I remember when we had said, how will I write that? What will I write about? There's lo- loads of questions. And it is all excuses. I yeah. know that. At the time, I wouldn't have recognised that. But there's 101 excuses why I'm not going to write. I used to think it was because my memories of school and they weren't good. And I didn't have any good memories of writing because I was a good writer. But I was always blotting ink all over the place. So it brought up all that for me. But I wouldn't have even recognised that. Yeah. So when I had to actually write, and I think the only time I got down and dirty was when we actually had no choice when we were writing Click Click and we had a mission. You were given a week or a month to write about a particular thing. So at least then you were focused, you knew what you had to do. I'm not saying it was easy, but I'm saying it's like, don't tell me to write. Tell me what to write, tell me how to fucking write. You know, that would be me. I wouldn't have felt confident enough to just go off and come up with something myself. Yeah, you needed specific, yeah. uh, a specific event or, or, or a reason focus. to write. Well, I think I think when you're starting on this and when you're starting to write, you have to write with the intentions of nobody else reading it. Ever reading it, ever looking at it, ever seeing it. And that way you have to leave behind any concern you have about how you write, whether you can spell, whether you can form a sentence. Well, I suppose tried up in all that is giving the victim choice and power to decide what they do with their own information and their own life. So like, Yeah, but no one, as Paula said, that it's not like in school where you have to do something and hand it up. Yeah, nobody's no correcting it yeah. or nobody's judging it. And nobody will ever read it unless you decide you want That's, them to read yeah. it. That whole idea of just write whatever comes into your head and don't try to be clever. Like, don't be trying to write a story. Write whatever comes into your head and do it in detail. Who was with you? where you were gone, what time did you leave at, what were you wearing, and stay away from abuse, stay away from a bad experience. Just focus on writing about an event in yeah, detail. Yeah, and the idea that would be to try and connect with what you were feeling at the time. Yeah. Now, hopefully it was a happy experience, but even to connect with, you know, I felt really good, I got this gorgeous ice cream, it, it doesn't matter, but it is about connecting with your own feelings as a child. 
and particularly for victims of abuse because I know in our experience we didn't know what an emotion was and we certainly weren't connected to any of them so writing gave us access to that. That's where I think the writing goes far deeper now I mean the reading has great value as well but you didn't resist the reading and so I think there's a sense we know that the writing goes deeper like because your subconscious seems to open when you start writing you don't even have to try just this stuff comes out of you with it and it doesn't look it looks really innocuous really harmless on paper but when we start recounting it back then and reading it to each other I connected with the emotion of it when I reviewed it not necessarily while I was writing it it was then it kind of hit you the enormity and and the realisation that you, you do have all that information inside of you. It might be a mess in there, yeah. but your opportunity to sort it out is one of the best ways of doing that is writing. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know the way we described how memories are held in your body and they're all in different boxes in your head, say, just to simplify it, that writing actually gives you access to all them boxes, yeah. whereas... You know, you would only have little bits of this, little bits of that. But I know the most powerful thing for me was realising and understanding that I had absolutely disowned that child, which was me. And to reconnect and realise her innocence. Now that just blew me away. Yeah. If you paired off with somebody, and preferably somebody who understands you, and nobody understands like another victim, but if you could pair off with one or two or however many people, even if there was a group of people, because I found it very difficult to connect with my innocence, but I could recognise yours yeah. and I could recognise Paula's. You know the way sometimes you'd say you'd nearly fight a bigger fight for somebody else than for yourself. Yeah. But when it's yourself, I think it's really difficult to see your innocence. Yeah. We're very judgmental of ourselves and therefore getting into a kind of a group, even a one-on-one -on -one with somebody and helping each other through it, I think would be very helpful. It would be, but if that wasn't possible, if you were to write anything and read it over. Now, I know myself when we were doing this, I didn't get it. It took me three or four times to read it before I'd actually start crying and yeah. say, Jesus, like, the poor child. It's different reading what you wrote. Yeah, to somebody writing. else. Yeah, because then you can actually see the truth and the value. You won't necessarily connect with it at all, because I didn't. Like, I went through nearly the whole process of click-click without really making a connection to what I had written. But do you remember reading mine or Joyce's? I didn't connect on an emotional level, because if I can't connect to, to myself, I can't connect to anybody else. What I did find in the writing was I was able to clearly see myself as an innocent child and you as an innocent child and whore, but I didn't connect with the emotion yeah. for a long time. Well, after. I think, yeah, it did take a long time for all of us to even let that filter down from a head level to your body to go, like, I'm, I'm innocent, I was a victim. It took me years before I felt safe enough to really feel the stuff that I'd written in Click Click. It's far too much information to take in all at once. No matter what, you're going to know something that you didn't know earlier. You're going to have an understanding of a child Whereas you already have it in your head that that child should have, could have, would have done something different. That's the benefits because those things become very clear whether you get the emotional value or not. So yeah, sure, I was getting these awarenesses. I felt like there's all this stuff happening superficially to me, but I still had steep self-hatred. 
that wasn't being impacted by any of it. But it, it was all paying dividends. You just don't realise it. Like nearly the final penny dropping. It's happening all the time. But one little thing, and you don't even know what it is. It just triggers and you find, oh my God, I, you know, I am different. Even writing Click Click was so overwhelming because we yeah. went to the depths that I didn't think was possible. On many levels, doing that work was, as you said, overwhelming. But on many levels, we were all on head level. The only way we could do that level of work was on a logical level. We were all we, carrying on uh, running a home, yeah, family, jobs. jobs. We were doing the whole lot while we were writing that stuff. And even now, that's hard to comprehend. Yeah. But we now know what that was doing to us, yeah. do you know? And I think that is perfectly explains why it took us 20 years to write it. Why there were times, years at times, where we just had to walk away from it. And, and lots of people have asked me over time, like, what was the most beneficial thing you got out of writing the book? All I could say is, I got to know who I was. But the thing that I would have got out at the start, when I would have, honestly, if I was to look back, I would tell you I was untouched by all this, but I enjoyed the reading and the writing. I got little things like, it did make me think different about myself. It didn't make me love me, but it definitely made me question things that I would have never questioned before. Mainly, they would have been thoughts. But if you remember correctly, like when we started writing, every glance, every feeling we had that we wrote on paper, if somebody criticised it, that was very deeply wounding because we wanted every nuance <laughs> in that writing. And it wasn't just me, like I'm, I'd be like that, but it wasn't just me. We were very precious about our information yeah. and somebody criticising it was taken very personally. When you think of it, that was us trying to own ourselves. Yeah, really. and somebody criticising it no, you can own yeah. this bit and that bit. It was bit. like a personal wound. Like it's, you know, to me, writing is a bit like puking. When you've been well, upset, it is a Tommy. porridge. It is definitely a porridge. Yeah. Like when you've been upset, Tommy, the best thing to do is yeah. vomit and then you feel fine. The yeah. best thing to do is to get it out of your body. Yeah. Because out of your body, you can see it for what it really is. Yeah. And out of your and body, it means what it to can't do about affect it. your health. Writing is not the be all and end all of anything. And you're not going to write and then all of a sudden your life is going to become clear and you know what's going on. It's a process. Writing is one small part of your journey. Being able to talk about something you wrote about is another one. And sometimes in the telling your story, there's more clarity than in the writing of your story. And I think Effort. that telling of your story becomes clearer after you've done the writing. The writing, yeah. And even you might come out with something different uh, vocally than yeah. you would have in the written word, but this has led to that. We all know, like from our own experience, there would be huge obstacles that we put in our way when you're asked to simply write. Giving any credit to reading and writing, how could that possibly help the pain that I'm in? Like, yeah. you know, that's such a simple thing. It's too easy, nearly. Then you'd have any, in, any uh, complex you might have about your writing and your spelling and all of that. There's a knowledge, a deep knowledge you have, your own inner guide knows you have the key. It is also bringing up that, you know, I don't feel good enough, I wouldn't be able to do that. What would I write about? All of those questions. They are all the self-doubt. Now, I know they're obstacles and I know they're deliberate to keep us away from our pain and our real story. I know all of that, but, you know, I think everybody goes through it. It is. It touches on your um, that lack of belief in yourself and your self-worth. All of that is tied up in it. And I, I would only recognise that because it spills over into when we did that degree class and we had to do an assignment. I put as much energy into avoiding doing that work as I did in trying to do my healing work. Yeah. 
And it doesn't make sense that the two of them are on a parallel, but it's because of that belief that you can't do it. Yeah. You're no good. Yeah. You know, you haven't got the ability. Uh, and then you've got all the other stuff attached to it, you know. Yeah, because I, I just think it's interesting when you even start or, you know, somebody suggests you, you write something or write about that or whatever, uh, that they're the first things that come up. And it is all attached to your belief about yourself, yeah. your understanding. And I think that's really good if we'd have known that at the time that you'd say, no, hang on a minute, it didn't make sense yeah. why I put up so much resistance. The first thing that came into my head is annoyed. Yeah, it's more work or something. Yeah, yeah. and the energy that's going to go into it. I would not want to be annoyed because it's a very familiar thing. This yeah. is all about the victim mentality. It's something you grew up with something you've learned to live with. So why would you change that? Yeah. You understand that? But even now, Polly, oh, if I cannot a... sleep, I would get out of bed and write an email and delete it. I find if I'm upset about something and I can't figure it out and I can't get out of it, I write something positive and I can feel my energy shifting. I would love to distract myself sooner than deal with it. I walk around here like superwoman when I'm annoyed yeah. <laughs> and it takes like what does it take I'd have to hit myself with a hammer and then I decide no I'm going to just sit down and write it and I spit out some crap it's on paper but, you but see, honest to god I can breathe as soon yeah, as that's done that's what I'm saying like you're saying yeah you're like superwoman and you still avoid but you do it now with a level of awareness you wouldn't mm. have had before and you don't keep doing it reading to me like I would read a lot but I was looking for me in a book I kept going out and buying all the true misery stories that were out there, looking to find, could I identify with somebody? Now, in fairness, if I was on a page, I wouldn't have identified with it. I was so closed off. But I was looking. And that's where I began trying to find some help, some support. Because I wasn't going to go and talk to anybody. So a book to me was... It's like a anybody. back door in. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't want to go and talk to anybody. Jeez, that was far too much. Mm. I was looking for my answers from somebody else doing the work I remember reading books and I was in it I was lost and the thing I loved about it was it switched off my head it switched off the inner voice it allowed me to escape into this story and that for me was great because it took me out of my head because my default would be as soon as something happens I have to bring it in here analyze it to fit until I'm practically paralyzed and I can't do anything about it anyway but reading stop that like when i found books like you're talking about victims other victims sharing their story i got the little things out of that would have been oh god like that's normal you know i felt like that and that's normal i went on a search i couldn't connect with anybody in my head i was thinking i can't be the only one to think the way i think and act the way i act and i never got it but i definitely i got 10 out of 10 for the effort i remember reading all those spiritual self-help books and horror story books. For me, what that did was, it was like it gave me permission that it's okay, that it's safe to talk about this stuff, that it's out there on a global level. Other people have experienced this as well, and it's okay. We've read some horrific stories, and at the time, well, I think at the beginning of our journey, we certainly minimised what was done to us. So when we read any story, it was horrific. And we were going, my God, how could you live through that? And minimised completely what we'd lived through. Yeah. But I think that's a perfectly normal thing that happens a lot. I thought books were great for, for getting into somebody else's world and for recognising that this thing happens everywhere. 
I was always fascinated to see how do people behave in certain circumstances. And what I now understand is we are all the same, everybody. Whether you're a celebrity or a guy that's a plumber, it doesn't make any difference. Everybody is insecure, looking externally for somebody to, to prop them up, to tell them they're okay. Oprah saying in all of the interviews she ever did, the running, the recording theme, going through everybody's interview is, can you hear me? And do you see And does, does what I say matter? Yeah. And do I matter? And it never goes away. I don't care how much work you do on yourself. Mm-hmm. There's always a part of you still wants that external validation. Because I always believed I was so bad... I always wanted to be somebody really good. But the further down this road we go, it's still an aspiration of mine to just be a good person and to help others because in everything we've done, the only thing that has given me enough energy to keep going on is the prospect of helping other people with what we're learning. Even when I'm feeling like crap, once I do something for somebody else, it just lifts automatically. The first thing I'd recommend for anybody is to go out and buy a book. Buy a physical book. There's something about it being in your hand. It's Revisit. tangible. Buy a book from somebody who is dealing with the issues that you are currently dealing with and see what worked and what didn't work. What might help you, what won't. Write. You owe yourself five minutes every day, either the start or the end, or when the kids aren't around, or whenever you have a break, and write down whatever is going on for you at that given moment. Don't edit it. Don't think about it, just write it. And that's your starting point. And then you can go a little bit further, take a little bit more time, set aside time to do the writing. But put it in as, it's like putting yourself on the top of your to-do list. It is something you need to get into a practice of doing. Well, it's important as well to let people know that, you know, they won't be doing that for the rest of their life. Yeah. You know, we don't do it every day. No. But there was a stage in our life and, and in our recovery. And there's still stages I go back to doing it. Yeah, yeah. but not every it's day, not, you no. know. And so that's important because when you start introducing these concepts to people, they think, holy fuck, like I have to write every day, yeah. I have to read every day. You don't. But for a period of time, you'll know when you don't need it any longer. And you'll know when it's going to help you, when there's a possibility that it could help you. And that's the times you do it. Books as well gives you a chance for inspiration and for hope. Books you can read where people have come out from underneath horrendous things and gone on to succeed and... It gives you hope in an otherwise hopeless yeah. situation and it makes you believe, I can do this, we, I can get over this. Thank you for listening. We hope sharing our stories will help you identify any of these issues that relate to yourself and also help you understand yourself a bit more and understand there is a way through this. The decision to heal from childhood sexual abuse places you on the most important journey of your life. You're in charge of this journey. Only you know what works for you and what doesn't. Because there's no rushing it and there's no faking it. You have to feel it. It takes as long as it takes. And just as the ripple of pain that you're in impacts all of those around you, so does the healing. And the more you heal, everyone around you benefits from your healing. You've been listening to the Kavanagh Sisters Count Me In podcast. We'd like to leave you with a quote from Iris Atwell that you can carry with you throughout your day. Self-exploration is very painful, but unless you do that, you'll never know who you are and who you want to be.
On the days you feel like giving up and you feel totally unsupported and you're not quite ready to reach out, use the stories of people who have travelled a similar path for inspiration and comfort.